The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which mean, translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. We have in the first reading from the book of Samuel and from the gospel reading a good snapshot of how people come to faith, how they come to believe. And it's not about giving someone a book, a Bible, whatever. It's something much more immediate and personal. And we're supposed to do it that way, too, just as we hear it in the book of Samuel and in the gospel. So... If we pay attention to it, we don't have to ask, well, how do I evangelize? How do I bring people to Jesus? Well, we have it today in two different stories. <clears throat> so first, let's look at the Gospel of John. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God. And there are two disciples, his disciples, with him, one of whom is Andrew, the brother of Peter. So these two disciples... They're hearing this and they're thinking, what? What do you mean, Lamb of God? So right there, John the Baptist is starting the process by identifying God, Jesus, and these two want to know about it, so they follow Jesus. Jesus sees them following him, and he turns to them and says, how much do you put in the collection plate? No, no, no. He says to them, and this is brilliant, this is a question we should be asking when we talk to people about God. It's brilliant. He says to them, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? What do you want in your life? What are you, you're, what are you thirsting for? What do you desire? What a fantastic open-ended question. Now, the disciples must have been tongue-tied because they didn't answer it. They said, where are you staying? Well, okay. So anyway, the, uh, Jesus says, follow me. So they follow him. They spend a day with Jesus, and we don't know what they said or did or saw, but somehow they got excited. So and, uh, Andrew goes back to his brother Peter and says, hey, we found the Christ. We have found the Messiah, 
There again, what is Andrew doing? He's telling his brother something. His brother's thinking, wow, let's see if this is true. Peter comes to see Jesus, and Jesus says, your new name is Cephas. You are Peter, the rock on which I will build my church. So we have this beautiful process, very simple. Jesus didn't teach them theology. There was no theology as we know it back then. But he simply said, come follow me. He got to know Jesus. And as we know, Andrew and Peter and other people came to follow him. So there's something about this face-to-face relationship with Jesus that gets people going. And again, I just want to emphasize that wonderful question that Jesus asked, what are you looking for? Because we're all looking for the same thing. So if you ask that question, we know as Christians that the answer is we're looking for Jesus. We're looking for God. We're looking for the fulfillment and the love and the care and the joy that only God can bring. That is the desire of every single human being. So really, Jesus is giving us a clue as to how we can pull that out of people. Because, you know, some people can say, yeah, I'm looking for happiness. Well, how's that working for you? Have you found happiness? Or, you know, I've tried this and I've tried that. And we could say, well, you've tried God. So here's that beautiful question, and Jesus is showing us how we might draw people to him. And then that first reading from the book of Samuel. Now, Samuel was the first of the prophets and the last of the judges. Now, Moses was a prophet, too, who came before Samuel, but he was a special kind of prophet. But Samuel was the last of the judges. The judges were individuals who were raised up by God for a certain period of time to lead the people in defending the nation. So basically they were warriors, but they also were judges in the sense that they made decisions for people. So Samuel was a judge, Um, Samson was a judge, Gideon was a judge, Deborah was a judge. She led the people into war. And she won a great victory, but these were judges. So Samuel was like that. Now Samuel is the last of the judges because he's the one who initiates the kings of Israel. The judges weren't enough for the people. They said, every other country has a king, we want a king. So uh, Samuel appointed Saul, who was unfaithful, and then he also picked picked out uh, David and anointed him as king of Israel. So Samuel was a very important person. So in the story, we have uh, Samuel as a boy. He was given over to the Lord as a child to grow up in the knowledge and love of God. And he's in the temple sleeping. And Eli, the high priest, is there too. And Samuel hears a voice. Eli, or excuse me, Samuel, Samuel. What does he do? He goes to Eli thinking Eli said it. Did it a couple times, and then Eli realizes it's not a human person calling you, Samuel, it's God. So next time he calls, say, Lord, your servant is listening. And he did. And from that point on, he constantly was listening to the Lord, growing in faith in God and becoming a great, great prophet. And it says in the the reading that every single word of Samuel 
was effective. Whatever he said came to pass. You know, it's as if I were to say, okay, stop the wind. Stop the snow. So he had that power because of his relationship with Jesus, with, with God. And so he was a great person. So there again, we have this understanding how someone comes to know the Lord. The Lord calls us. He calls us too. Just like he said, Samuel, Samuel, he calls us too. And we're supposed to be saying, Lord, your servant is listening. Listen to the Lord. Now, we have no excuse in terms of listening to the Lord because we do have theology, if we want to read it. We do have the Bible. We do have the teachings of the church. And God is working and talking through all of those things. So if we want to come closer to the Lord... We have to have a relationship with God. And then if we want other people to come to the Lord, we need to pull them into a relationship with God. And so again, if we go back to that question that Jesus asked of uh, Andrew and the other disciple of John the Baptist, what are you looking for? What a great opening that provides us. Because again, as I say, we all have that same desire we are looking, whether we know it or not, we're all looking for the same thing. We're all looking for God. And so this is the process of coming to belief in God. This is the process of evangelization. First and last, it's about a relationship with God. And God is always initiating it. God's always initiating it. Other people will say, there's the Lamb of God. Or uh, Samuel, pay attention but ultimately, it's supposed to be directing us to God so that we can come to know the, the Lord and grow in our faith and then bring other people to the Lord. So that's for every one of us. As I've said again and again, the Bible is our blueprint. It's our template. If we want to know how to do this, that, or the other thing, we go to the Bible. So maybe you want to remember these two passages from Samuel and from John perfect ways of grabbing people's attention, saying something that's going to make people think like, there is the Lamb of God. What does that mean? Well, obviously Andrew and the other disciple wanted to find out more about that. And so hopefully we want to do that too. Kind of pique people's interest. Get them interested so that they will want to come and know the Lord. So wonderful, wonderful readings to help really simplify what we call evangelization, the process of proclaiming the gospel message. And it doesn't matter what our age is, what our ability is. We don't need to know theology. That's a good thing to know. But before we know theology, we want to know the Lord. Because a the theology will not mean anything if we don't have this relationship with the Lord. Because theology is all about God and God's love for us and how he wants us to share the good news of salvation. So, okay, I've given you your marching orders, your homework. Um, next, you know, incidentally, too, again and again, they do surveys. Uh, evangelicals do. They're really good at this, boy. We Catholics are not so great. But they say the number one way in which people come to church is through personal invitation. Number one. It's, it's not about, you know, being a nice person or even taking people out to breakfast after, which is a good thing to do. You can have a good conversation. But it's invitation. Because people, they want to be invited. 
into the world of the Lord. They want to come to know the Lord. And we need to ask them, hey, uh, what do you want in your life? Would you like to come to our church and see what's going on? And hopefully, we've got to be on top of our relationship with God so that when people are invited and they do come, they're going to see a community of people who have some kind of joy and welcome. And I hear that again and again from visitors. So we got something wonderful here. Let's push it a little bit. So that's your really your walking papers, your homework as you go forth. Think about inviting someone. Okay, uh, John the Baptist was very a good preacher. Um, Andrew invited his brother to come to the Lord. And throughout Scripture, we, we have people inviting other people to come to the Lord. So think about that, how we can invite other people to come to God and to get to know the Lord. So that's for all of us, every single one of us, young or old, uh, to work on bringing people to faith. And I guarantee you, as you bring people to faith, your faith will grow. Because you'll need to know more. You'll want to know more. You'll want to ask yourself that question again and again. What am I looking for? And Lord, I, I strayed there. i got to get back on the path. So we're all in it together as a community of believers. But we're no different than Eli, the high priest. No different than Samuel, the prophet. No different than John the Baptist or Peter or Andrew. We're just like them. So again, as you go forth, think about where you are in your relationship with Jesus. What do you need to do to enhance that? And then think about inviting other people to come along. Because that is how people come to begin to know the Lord, grow in their knowledge and love of God, and then become disciples just as we are becoming disciples.